What is up? Welcome back to Big Fat Five, a podcast financially supported by Big Fat Snare Drum. My name is Ben Hilsinger, and this week's guest is Jordan Rose, a Brooklyn-based session drummer who's worked with Theo Katzman, Corey Wong, SZA, Caleb Holly, Charlie Puth, Pomplamoose, Charlie Hunter, and so many other legends. I just love his feel on the kit, and I couldn't wait to get him on the show. He's overcome a lot in his life, including a short period of time. Well, two years isn't a short period, but still in the big scheme of things, maybe, where he lost his hearing in his right ear, but it only made him a better musician. We also talk about music helping him overcome his social anxiety, something that I personally struggle with to this day. All in all, yet another great episode that I take no credit for. Jordan is a gem, and I hope you enjoy the top five records that helped shape Jordan Rose into the drummer he is today. Cheers. So I've been asking a lot of my guests this recently, and you are one of the unique ones where you've actually done this. So I always say, so there's been a lot of the Nelson drum shop, pro drum shop grooves of the day. What would you do if you walked in? You've actually done it. And so you are on a somewhat recent Nelson drum shop showcase. I'm assuming they were trying to sell that beautiful Camco kit you were playing in the video. And they did to one of my friends. Well, there you go. (laughs) So what was the process? Did you think about it before going in there? And how did that come to be? And describe what you played and why you played it. Yeah, great question. I'm one of those drummers that I don't really like playing drums by myself um, for other people. I like playing drums with other musicians and playing music together. And so when I went into Nelson, I was a little bit, you know, nervous, like, oh, I know a lot of drummers are going to see this. (laughs) But what I what I tried to remind myself as I was heading over to the shop that morning is what do I love about the drums? Like I just said, I love playing music. So I decided, like, before I play anything on the drums, I have to have a song or a riff, a bass line, whatever it is in my head before I even touch the drums. Because I found, you know, if someone's like, oh, Jordan, play something. And if I just sit down and start playing, and I don't have music in my head. And I'm just thinking drum, 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 you know, <laughs> that's when I don't feel comfortable. And I might listen back and be like, ah, I sound stiff or, you know, whatever it is. So with the Nelson thing, you know, I just committed to having some sort of musical riff in my head. And, and it went great. I, I didn't tune the drums at all. Um, I just sat down heard how they sounded, came up with some sort of song in my head. They hit record. And what you see on on their Instagram was the first take. It was just, you know, they said play for less than a minute. And I just kind of jammed out and made a little little song. And I, and I felt comfortable because I was 
playing to the song in my head rather than, you know, trying to play some sort of drum, drumistic type of thing. So, and we talked a little bit about prior to recording about what your plan of attack was. So I will give you the platform now. So what was your angle when creating these fives? Because I do, I do give people a prompt, but it's also kind of very open-ended. So there's no wrong answer. What did you do? Right. Well, I chose albums that meant a lot to me at different points in my journey. And sure, they could be listed among my favorite albums, but I chose them more so for the influence that they had on how I approach the drums today. You know, if the prompt was, what are your top five favorite albums? That might be something different. So I chose these on, you know, how these particular records influenced the the drummer I am today. All right. So let's just go into the first one. And are these in any particular order of how you sent them to me? Yeah. So they're kind of an order of, of my musical journey starting the first album or record we're about to hear is the first album I ever got. It was a Christmas present. I think I was maybe 13. And um, so I wore that. It was a CD. You know, I wore that thing out. And Will Kennedy, the drummer for the Yellow Jackets, I feel that because I listened to him so much when I was first starting uh, drums at that age, uh, I feel that his, you know, sense of groove, his backbeat, he always has a little bit of swing in his in his playing. I feel that that kind of influenced the way that I started figuring out where to place my backbeat when I was just getting used to this drum set thing. So mm-hmm. the album is the best of the of Yellow Jackets, released years 1999. The artist is, of course, Yellow Jackets. And the song choice is New Rochelle. And the drummer is Will Kennedy. But let's just play it and then we will uh, go from there. Right on. Yeah. puffiness of that bass drum is so perfect oh yes just feathering it yeah man You ever seen Yellow Jackets live? Yes, uh, one time when I was at Berkeley at college, and uh, they played at a jazz club in Boston, and I went, and uh, it just brought back all the all the nostalgic feelings, you know, because yeah. those were my guys when I when I was thirteen, and and for a couple of years, you know, but I kind of ventured off into other journeys, but um, I don't know, I just feel like that sound, what we were just hearing was such a, a big part of, of when I was just figuring out like how to play the drum set really. And I guess, yeah, I'm grateful that it was that because I think Will Kennedy is amazing. I mean, we just heard it like his groove is, mm, it's just right there, you know? I'd have to go back and listen to the song again, but I just noticed as we were listening, 
I don't think he hit a tom until a couple minutes into the song. You know, he started with hi hat cross stick, and then he brought the the full snare in, and then it wasn't until you know a little bit after that that you hear you hear a tom fill, and it's just it's this constant like slow burn that just simmers and and just feels amazing. And I'll have to listen to it again, but I'm pretty sure when he does hit the toms, it's like single notes. He's not going, dun, yes. dun, dun, he's going, doom, 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 doom. It's exactly. just very, just, yeah, totally. Another, another thing with Will Kennedy, I had one of the modern drummer festival, you know, VHS tapes at sure. the same time. And Will Kennedy was one of the, the featured drummers in his little educational, you know, tidbit. He was talking about when he plays things on the drums, he imagines them having like a vocabulary, like a, a human voice. And so I remember him, you know, he's a very outgoing personality and and he would like play a fill on the drums. Like, I think he did like flam and then like two kicks, like, and then, and then he would go on the mic and he'd be like, you know, to me that's, and he kept doing that, you know, with different phrasings around the kit. And then he would put them into language and, I don't know. I just thought he was the coolest. Like you said, he's telling a story. He is playing music. He's not just playing licks to to try and impress people, but he's he's uh, expressing himself from his soul, which uh, spoke to me from a, a young age and, and still does today. I wonder if he's going to put out a solo record of just his voice. <clears throat> be better, man. Be better. I'll, I'll, I'll be listening to it. If you're listening, sure. Will, yeah. Hey, y'all, I wanted to, (laughs) I can't say, I wanted to talk to you about a drum I've recently received from Preston at Vessel Drum Co. It's an ocean patinaed 14 by five and a half snare drum, and it's incredible. It's got a 1.5 millimeter shell, brass shell, with 10 lugs, chrome over brass, triple flange hoops, a trick uh, three position strainer, 42 strand wires. It's lovely, it's loud, and it cuts and records as beautiful as a piece of butter cake. And, and Preston, actually, this is why it's called the Ocean Patina, is he covers the shell with seaweed and then drops it in the ocean for a certain period of time. And then it patinas with all these crazy cool designs. And if you all remember, Preston was actually one of the first guests on the podcast. When I first started out, I didn't really know what the Big Fat Five format was going to be or if it was going to be even Big Fat Five at all. But I went to his garage, his his you know where he makes all of his drums. It was really cool. He walked me through the episode is essentially from start to finish what happens with a drum, and it was it was a really fun episode. It's now archived at bigfatsnaredrum.com, just because it doesn't fit the format of Big Fat Five. I want you to get back to the show, but go check it out. This drum is beautiful, and he actually let me use it on an Eve Six tour, and I didn't keep it and i regretted it ever since then just because i was trying to pinch pennies at the time and i just kept thinking about it and so the opportunity to get it again was presented and it is one of my favorite drums so the ocean patinaed 14 by five and a half snare drum check it out reach out to me go to vessel drum co the instagram's just at vessel drum co and check it out it's amazing it's beautiful sounds great bye <laughs> um, all right. So number two, the album's Texas Flood. The release here is 1983. Artist is Stevie Ray Vaughan. The song choice is Lenny. 
and the drummer is Chris Layton. And I'll be honest, I do not know anything about Chris Layton. So talk to me and the audience as if we have no idea. Let's pretend I don't know who he is. So go ahead. Okay. Well, Chris Layton is famous for being Stevie Ray Vaughan's longtime drummer. And if you don't know who Stevie Ray Vaughan is, he's kind of the quintessential Texas blues artist. You know, he died way too young, but just incredible guitar player, so soulful. He has a really, when you hear his tone, you know that's Stevie Ray Vaughan. And a lot of people have gravitated towards that tone over the years. I know Stevie Ray Vaughan is a big um, inspiration to John Mayer. I think John Mayer mm-hmm. even has one of Stevie Ray Vaughan's like old Stratocasters. I could be wrong. But uh, Chris Layton is just incredible. He has an amazing feeling shuffle. And just, again, just like Will Kennedy, super supportive of the song. I don't know if I've ever heard Chris Layton play a drum solo, and I don't really care to. I mean, sure, it'd be great, but I just love the way he just holds it down. And, you know, behind someone like Stevie Ray Vaughan, who is so, you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan is a force. There's so much electric energy coming out of that man on the stage. And Chris Layton just sits right there and is just like, here you go, like, lay on this foundation and do your thing. So the song I chose, Lenny, is uh, a ballad, and it's not like a 12 a it's not like a slow blues. It's like a, I mean, you'll hear it. It's a straight up R&B, slow, backbeat kind of ballad thing. I love the whole album. It was hard for me to choose a song to, to play on this podcast. But the reason I chose Lenny is because I probably played the song the most out of any song on this album because it's just gorgeous. I love just the overall sound and vibe of it. But when I was, you know, this was at the same time frame as the Yellow Jackets, 13, 14, you know, teenage years. I had a lot of like social anxiety. I was a pretty shy kid, just like all I wanted to do, you know, at lunch during school, I'd like sneak off to the band hall and just like hang out with the band director or go Mm -hmm. practice, you know, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, I still do. So (laughs) there you go. Yeah, that's why we're friends. Yeah. yeah. But um, Lenny, like, it's just, it's so beautiful and so soulful. And it would just calm me down. It would just like, mm. whatever I was, whatever anxiety I was feeling, I would put that song and sometimes I just play it on repeat and just like soak in those, you know, comforting vibes. Um, it's kind of a funny story because I've always been like a large person for my age. And so I got talked into playing football when I was, you know, 13, 14. And I didn't really like it, but that's just what you do. I grew up in Houston, Texas. Yep. You know, they see someone like me, they're like, oh, this guy's got to play football. So, so my parents, you know, my mom or dad would drive me to practice. And like, I'd always be anxious going to practice because it's like, I didn't really enjoy it. I don't know. I'm not like a, a very big risk taker. So like, I was just nervous, like, oh crap, I'm going to get hurt or like, you know, it's just, it wasn't my thing. Mm-hmm. So driving to football practice, I'd always like bring my Cedar Ray Vaughn CD and I would put it in and I would play Lenny just to try and like mellow out before football, which is, I think, the opposite of what, you know, most people, they're like listening to something super Yeah, crawling in the dark know? by Hoobastank. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. So it's kind of a funny memory. That's awesome. Well, here's here's Lenny by Stevie Ray Vaughn. All right. Mm-hmm. 
All right, let's go put our helmets on and go smash some football players. <laughs> let's go. Let's yeah. go to the field. <laughs> well, something that that helped me really appreciate Stevie Ray Vaughan more so than listening to this album is I had a DVD of Stevie Ray Vaughan Trio live at Austin City Limits. Mm. I don't know what year it was, but um, there can't be that many um, videos of that. And, man, when you see Stevie perform, like – his entire being is being put into what he's playing. And I remember watching that at a, at a young age and just being so moved by how soulful and, you know, like he's probably played this song, Lenny and all his other songs hundreds of times, but he's still putting every, he's not going through the motions. He's like putting every little last bit of his soul into it. And that really spoke to me. Absolutely. All right, number three, the album's Continuum. The release year is 2006. The artist is John Mayer. Song choice is Vultures. And the drummer is Sir Steve Jordan. So take it away. All right, man. Well, I'm sure this is not the first time this has been on this podcast. It is not, choice. but hey, we could talk about this song all day. Yeah, I mean, this album hit when I was, I think, yeah, I graduated high school in 2005. I'm dating myself now so me too this by hit. the way oh wow yeah right on man there you go uh where did you grow up by the way uh a little north of spokane washington a little town called chihuahua but ah. uh i actually graduated with alan stone who used to be on capitol maybe still is on capitol but he was a friend of mine growing up and um, that's the claim to fame to our little town but yeah washington state very cool well our tech on this tour with theo is also the tech for Alan Stone. Oh, shit. And uh, I, they didn't grow up together, though. So his name is uh, Cheeks, Mr. Cheeks. Mr. But... Cheeks. <laughs> I wish my name was Mr. Cheeks. Damn. I know. Yeah, he's amazing. He's amazing. Yeah, anyway, this album, Continuum, just hit when I was, you know, I was in college, freshman, sophomore, majoring in music. And I was really into jazz at the time, but I've always been interested in all pocket playing and my goal from a young age was to be like Steve Gadd, where, you know, he can go play the most beautiful, delicate backbeat with James Taylor and can also go play, you know, the most beautiful jazz instrumental stuff with Chick Corea and, you know, whoever else. My journey has changed a little bit since then. I'm not, you know, so much on the jazz trek as I used to be. I still love and appreciate it. But all that to say, Continuum really spoke to me because... I look at this album as like the Bible for studio drumming in a, you know, kind of singer songwriter context, like masterful playing tones, just, you know, every, the sound that he has dialed in for every song on this album is so beautiful and perfect. And like, just give me the stems and I'll just solo those drums and listen to that. I mean, I love the songs too. I'm not saying that, yeah, but yeah. you know, yeah. it's just, it's just incredible, incredible. So wore this record out, you know, lived in my, my little college beater car and played it on repeat. And, and uh, to this day, you know, still drawing inspiration from, from everything, uh, the playing sound parts, the whole thing. So. All right. Well, here is, Here's Vultures. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs>
heard around the world yeah is that paladino on the on the bass on this record I believe so, yeah. Sounds like it. Yeah. time you don't need to change it totally man first fill of the whole song right there (laughs) two and a half minutes in shake these vultures off of my terrain power is made by power being taken so I keep on running to protect my situation Down to the water I want it, want it, but I want Wow. Mm. Incredible. Did Steve ever come and do any... I'm asking because maybe Berkeley would be a cool enough of a school that he'd do that. Did he ever do any drop-ins and anything mm. while you were there? Not while I was there, but Sean Hurley, who... Mm. LA, you know, bass player who toured with John Mayer and worked with Steve Jordan. He came and did a clinic. And as the eager student that I was, I I reached, you know, I sent him an email after and said, Hey, there's any chance I could get a private lesson with you while you're in town. Like I would do that, you know, anytime someone was in town that I respected, I'd try and get a private lesson. And Sean was so cool. And, um, he came over to my little student apartment. I borrowed a bass amp from a friend and I set up a little kick snare hat situation and, and we just played and, um, and we played vultures. In oh, my, that's awesome. In my little student, you know, apartment. And, um, and he gave some really good tips. You know, he, he talked about, because at the time, um, I used to think that to be a good pocket drummer, you're supposed to lay back. Right. And like, sit as far back as you can like that's what i thought was gonna make it feel the best but sean talked about he was like hey i want you to push it a little bit more like keep this thing going push the groove like you know it could still be laid back but 
and I'll lay back a little bit on you. And that's where that beautiful relationship that we hear between Pino and Steve Jordan is, is going to happen. You know, there's this push and pull and uh, it's something to this day I'm still working on, you know, cause sure. my, my tendency being from Texas and just my personality kind of laid back and a little bit slower is like, Oh, I'm going to lay back and be loosey goosey, but I'm working on, you know, driving the bus a little bit more um, and letting others lay back. I actually heard Steve Jordan talk about that. I, he did a clinic at Chicago Music Exchange. He talked about playing with maybe his Eric Clapton or some legend. And Steve Jordan had that realization where he used to lay back and then someone said Clapton or somebody said something like, hey, let me lay back. Like I'm the band leader. It's fun to lay back, you know? And so Steve was like, oh yeah, I'm the hired gun. Like I got to do the thing that's not as fun. I got to be the one kind of pushing and let let the leader lay back. Cause that's, you know, we all know that it's, it's fun to lay back. Right. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, that really stuck with me. So it's, and, and, and that comes to play with Theo as well. Like when I first started playing with him, he was always kind of talking about, Hey man, like I really like to lay back on the guitar. So if you can keep things kind of pushing forward, not necessarily rushing, but like almost rushing, mm-hmm. I think that's where we're going to find the happy spot with the groove. And yeah, so that was just kind of a big eye opener for me with Sean Hurley and then, you know, these other experiences. Well, it's also a good lesson for people that are trying to improve as a player too, is take your advice of reaching out to non-drummers. Cause it's like, what do you guys want to hear? You know, right. it's like, don't just find someone that'll teach you how to hold a stick correctly, which is, there's all amazing things about that. But what will actually get you hired is making other people want to play with you. So that's, that's great advice right there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Question for you. Do you know what snare was being used on vultures? I've never looked into that, but I don't know. When I get Steve on the show, I will ask him. There you yes. Go. All right. I'm going to manifest I'll, that. <laughs> I'll be listening. Heck yeah, man. All right. So, number four, the album's Donny Hathaway Live, released here's 1972. We just keep going back. I love it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, the artist is, of course, Donny Hathaway. The song choice is You've Got a Friend. And Fred White is the drummer. So yeah, take it away. Man. Well, rest in peace, Fred. He passed yeah. earlier this year, I believe. And uh, yeah, I'm sure, again, this is probably not the first time this album has been on this podcast. But I think it actually is, by the way. No way. Wow. Yeah. That blows my mind. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, cool. All right. Yeah. Well, this album I was introduced to when I was at Berkeley in college. John Patitucci, bass player extraordinaire was giving a master class and I was there and he talked about how this album changed his life and just taught him about groove and you know playing that style of bass so I immediately ran to and listened to that album and uh, found out later you know when I started hanging out with Theo and Joe Dart and some of these other guys that I play with a lot that this album was also like huge for them and um and so in my mind, I feel like this album is huge for everyone, but maybe it's just certain people that I've hung out with. So if you haven't heard it, I highly recommend this because as far as live groove, R&B, soul playing goes, like, I don't think it gets much better, you know, at least being captured on a record. Incredibly, Fred White, I believe, was 16 when they recorded this. God, what a bastard. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And um, it's really cool because... 
the the tempo fluctuates like it it speeds up and slows down but it's so musical it's not like uh, oh he's rushing or he's dragging it's like that just feels amazing you know do whatever you want like that <laughs> yeah. but i chose you got a friend i mean i could have chosen any of the songs they're all equally as inspiring to me but i just love this song it's like really heartwarming and i just love the performance of it and, and the crowd like you hear the crowd is so invested so yeah this album was recorded at the troubadour in la and at the bitter end in new york which are legendary venues that are still running today but they're 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 pretty intimate venues and mm -hmm. um so it's really cool to hear the audience like right there in the thick of it and um on on this song you got a friend i you know they start singing and clapping along and it's just it's beautiful i love it as far as drumming goes like the way fred white like his backbeat is so incredibly reliable if his backbeat was a a stock i would put all my money in it like it's just <laughs> you could just like you could just trust it it's just it's perfect <laughs> Love that. all right well here you go you've got a friend live yeah that's a supportive crowd yeah right <laughs>
your picks are all picks that people should listen to if they want to get hired. These are great. Oh. <laughs> yeah, this well, is an thanks, employable man. episode. <laughs> I love that. I love that. All right. So number five, it's the, the Band of Gypsies, the 50th anniversary live at Fillmore East in 1970. And the artist is Jimi Hendrix. The song choice is Power to Love, live, of course. And the drummer is Buddy Miles. Yeah, man. Well, I got introduced to this uh, a little bit later, you know, after everything else we just listened to. Can't remember if it was when I was still in college or maybe post college. Um, but Buddy quickly became one of my favorite groove players, which we're about to hear. Like, you know, I love Mitch Mitchell with Jimi Hendrix. So expressive, so much fire and energy, and 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 such a cool, unique sound. But Buddy Miles is just like, I mean, similar to to everyone else we heard, just like so rock solid and so much passion and soul and grit in his groove and in his backbeat and on this record i i noticed when buddy miles does a fill it's almost like if you take the book stick control or something like that where they have these kind of rudimentary one and a two and three and four exercises or something buddy miles like uses the most simple rhythms but and he'll just like play them like a whole you know four beat fill He'll play it on the snare, but it's just like so deep. And that's something that's really um, impacted my approach, uh, you know, even playing with Theo or whoever else. Like when I do fills, I kind of like playing the simplest thing, but just like meaning it and not not worrying like, oh, there's a drummer who thinks that I just played a simple fill. Like I could care less. It's like it just feels good to me to go bang you know or whatever it is like could be the or as we heard earlier with chris layton just quarter notes and will kennedy to me that's just fun so anyway buddy miles also an incredible singer Mm. he sings on a song or two on this album not on the one we're going to listen not on the song we're going to listen to but definitely check out buddy miles if, if you haven't already hell yeah well here's power to love live Opens the hell up. (laughs) Right?
now comes the that's funny. This is yeah, a cool right? intro. <laughs> that was all just one big intro. Exactly. There you go. Damn it, I was nodding wrong. Alright, I'll stop it just so I'll make people want to go get the record and listen to the whole damn thing. Wow. Yeah, man. Dude, I I just love the commitment to like the groove and he's just laying such a, a foundation for Hendrix to do his thing. Whenever I play in this type of setting, my my temptation is to respond to every little rhythmic idea that you know the guitar player is doing but mm-hmm. buddy miles just has so much restraint he's just he's just laying into it man and it's just like just fueling the fire and hendrix is just dancing on top of that you know i love uh, it so yeah man well i usually do play some honorable mentions but i did just start a segment where now we're doing listener picks so unfortunately, um, I will list your honorable mentions in the show notes, but we won't play awesome. them or talk about them today. But you did have some some fun choices. So go check that cool. out. Um, obviously, if you liked all the all of Jordan's picks, you're probably going to like those as well. It'll help you get hired. You've got some <laughs> got some Brian Blade, Bernard Purdy, uh, James Gadsden, all the greats. Again, all the hireable greats. So um, but before I let you go, because I know you are currently on tour. Um, so thanks for taking the time. Yeah. This will come out very soon, so you'll probably still be on tour when people first hear this. Do some self-promotion on what you're doing, what you're up to, and how people can find you and all that jazz. Awesome, awesome. Well, first of all, thank you so much. It's an honor to be on the show, and and uh, this was super fun. I really, mm-hmm. really appreciate it. But um, yeah, on tour with Theo Katzman, and we are 10 shows into a 31-show run, so still Ooh. still plenty of, plenty of shows. We're heading down... Dallas, Houston, Austin, and then just you can go to my Instagram, Jordan Rose Drums. The tour dates are there. East Coast, Midwest, Canada, and then later this year we go to Europe. Would love to, uh, you know, meet other drummers and musicians along the way. So feel free to reach out on on Instagram. That's probably the best way to get in touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, when I'm not on tour, I spend a lot of time in my studio in Brooklyn, New York, doing drum, remote drum tracking for people. So you can always hit me up for that if that's of interest as well. Yeah, I think we've been getting an increasing amount of non-drummers listening to this. So people, check it out. Yeah, you have you have nuanced group for days, man. I love listening to you play. Uh, so. Thank you so much. With all the people you've worked with, obviously you are a very sought after person. So um, I appreciate it. It was such a great time talking to you, man. And um, I'll talk to you soon. Later. All right, here's our listener choice, a.k.a. the little skinny one, although Evan's story here does give his own big fat five, so enjoy. Hey, Ben, this is Evan's story calling from Cleveland, Ohio. I have been playing drums most of my life. For the past 12 years, I've been playing regularly at City Church in Cleveland Heights, Ohio. That's led to getting to do some session work with the producer, composer, Joel Magus. I've been able to work with a bunch of singer-songwriters, 
I also have affiliations with The Lighthouse and The Whaler, Poro, Bethesda. Very thankful to get to play drums with anybody these days. Wanted to share five songs that have always gotten me excited about drumming. And they are, in no particular order, the song What Sarah Said by Death Cab for Cutie featuring Jason McGurr. You Don't Know How It Feels by Tom Petty featuring Steve Ferroni. Belief by John Mayer featuring Steve Jordan on drums. The song The System Only Sleeps in Total Darkness by The National featuring the brilliant Brian Devendorf. And then finally, I would say any song by The Cranberries. But if I had to choose one, I would say one that I just feel like captures some really good uh, drumming is uh, When You're Gone, featuring the wonderful drummer Fergal Lawler. If you want to talk about a drummer who really demonstrates character uh, to a song and really to a band, hard to mistake Fergal Lawler. Love your podcast. Really appreciate what you're doing. And I wish you much success. And thanks for reaching out to your fans. Have a great day. Bye. All right. Well, I can't not play the cranberries after that. So here we go. This is When You're Gone by the Cranberries. the show if you're listening on a platform that allows ratings and reviews do that it helps more people find the show so it'll get bigger and better and hopefully i'll have a chance to sell out one day but you'll be an og listener that can brag to all your friends anyways why don't you go and check us out at bigfatsnaredrum.com and follow us on all the socials just search for big fat snare drum and you will find us the show is edited in part using isotope rx audio editor it's amazing so go check that out at isotope.com And thanks again to Gunnar Olsen for the theme music. Bye.